What's up, guys? So we're back at it again with another installment of the Chef's Roundtable. Today, we're going to be talking about something that's a little bit taboo and a little bit controversial, kind of. We're talking about the concept of selling out in the food service industry, whether it be chefs or front-of-the-house employees. Um, This is something that I feel like a lot of uh, food service employees kind of struggle with. Um, I know I did. Uh, My guests today, Lauren and Chad, and introducing Taylor Payton today. I know all three of us have struggled with it. Um, and we just had a really great discussion about this. Um, just talking about what this all means, what challenges we dealt with, why it's so taboo, why we make these decisions and what goes into the thought process of going into a corporate industry or even leaving the industry altogether. Um, so without further ado, here is the chef's roundtable discussion on selling out. Taylor, this is your first time on the Chef's Roundtable, buddy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be a part of this. And joining me also is Chad Dismuke Scott and Lauren White. What's up, guys? Hey. Hi. Hey, what's up, everyone? How's everyone doing today? Welcome, Taylor. Thank you, thank you. I think we're all kind of uh, still trying to deal with quarantine and all of this kind of stuff, wearing our masks daily. I refuse to wear one still. <laughs> uh, are you one of those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not allowed to go into certain places, but that's just the, so, that's just the risk you have to take. Yeah. So, Taylor, the reason why uh, you were kind of one of the first people I thought of when talking about this topic is because uh, many years ago when we worked together, so for the listener, if you don't know, me, Chad, and Taylor actually worked together at a restaurant. Taylor was our boss. And uh, we had a great time working together. It's probably my favorite line that I've ever worked on. Um, but I remember one day we had just gotten done drinking. And I remember we were sitting in the parking lot. And Taylor told me <laughs> this. You were thinking about leaving the industry. I'll never forget this. And you said, uh, you don't have to love what you do for work, but rather work to do what you love. And like that quote has stayed with me <laughs> through the rest of these years. Like I tell that to Lauren all the time when I talk to her and like when we talk to other people. Um, so I think like that was kind of one of the reasons I wanted you on here. Um, and you know, we're going to talk about this whole concept of quote unquote selling out. Uh, we're literally doing air quotes when we say that, because we don't believe that we sold out, but to some of our peers, they do believe that like, we kind of took the easy way out and, uh, you know, went through this kind of normalcy as far as like food service goes. So what do you guys think? Uh, Chad, can you just tell me some of like the moments that you can remember of like selling out in the industry? Uh, yeah, I mean, kind of that that topic selling out obviously has such a, a negative connotation around it. Um, and it, it really comes because our industry is full of passionate people uh, with anyone who's kind of in the arts and self into self-expression. Um, there's always going to be those people who feel that, oh, well, if you, if you leave this field, then you're almost a traitor to your own kind. Um, but, you know, we've seen kind of throughout history, even kind of recently uh, with the selling of Shake Shack, with them kind of going franchising. I remember we were talking about Dogfish, going to Samuel Adams. Um, Ruben, you even mentioned about Marco Pierre White, you know, selling Nor products. 
Um, and it's interesting, like if, if you really dive into the psyche of why those famous people, why those people who had these great ideas um, and were doing phenomenal things, why they made that decision, um, you know, it, it kind of hits home to everybody. It, it, it's really about having balance of life. Um, so, I mean, kind of just off the bat, you know, that concept of selling out, I kind of feel is within our own imagination and it can kind of beat us up and um, make us feel certain types of ways. What do you think about that, Taylor? No, I totally agree with that. Um, you know, if you, when you're that dedicated, it's really actually a difficult thing to, uh, to admit that you're unhappy with it. Uh, for me personally, um, it, it's not selling out because it was actually the hardest decision I had made in, in, uh, you know, most of my life that I can, you know, really recall. And it took years to actually, uh, come to the realization that it was not only affecting, you know, my physical health, but mentally and emotionally as well. And leaving it, um, actually probably ripped a, a huge part out of, you know, not just my heart, but my soul, because that's how much I had, uh, just given to that industry. You know, I don't know that many people are truly born with, you know, that type of skill set in their DNA, but you put the hours into it that you kind of just, it becomes a part of who you are. And, um, and the people that you, uh, that you leave behind, I think that that's probably the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I remember when you had left the restaurant and, uh, you know, you kind of went down to the beach and you were still kind of doing some restaurant stuff, but, I remember for a while, like you kind of felt that you had like left us high and dry. You kind of felt like your own head that you kind of let us down. Uh, am I, am I, am I right? Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it, and this is not to, again, to, to sound conceited or cocky or anything, but you know, most of the people, you know, uh, I had hired at one point or another to, to work with me as a sous chef or a second sous chef or a line cook. And I'd like to think that I was able to teach them, you know, as much as they taught me. And I know that when I did leave, a couple of those people who, you know, maybe looked at me as a mentor, unbeknownst to me at the time, uh, had expressed how upset they were and how they felt like um, I was making the wrong decision. And whether or not they realize it or maybe whether or not it was even true. I felt exiled, whether, you know, at, to a certain extent and that I was letting a lot of those people down. Right. Now, now, Lauren, uh, you and I kind of had a similar uh, journey to where we're at right now, where we both kind of work for a big corporate company. Um, did you have any of those feelings, though, when you first uh, left your executive chef position? Did you kind of feel like you were letting some people down around you? Did Did you kind of like think that you were kind of disappointing a lot of people yes absolutely I mean I didn't even tell my parents that I was leaving before I made that decision and just like Taylor said it was definitely one of the hardest decisions I had to make but I felt like it was a long time coming um and more so I felt like I was letting down you know my restaurant family at no point were we fully staffed for more than a few days so for the executive chef to leave and to leave their family that you work with, you know, five, six, seven days a week. It just felt like I was, 
abandoning them and um you know it sucks to feel that way no it really does yeah i mean i i, I do want to ask chad uh chad out of all of us uh you're the only one that's married uh we're all the three of us are all single sucker <laughs> what a what a sucker so chad, uh, at one point you went into banking uh, I can you just tell us like what led to these decisions like how that how did that how did like that kind of involve your decision in uh, kind of leaving the restaurant industry there for a little bit? Well, yeah, I mean um, that was at a time where, like you said, me, you, and Taylor were you know working together, um, and those are some definite cherished memories. Um, but there was also some really rough and long days. Um, sometimes, you know, those who are privileged to work within a good restaurant and, um, even kind of perhaps a good restaurant group, um, they might kind of stumble upon the smaller restaurant bistro style setting. Uh, and and what that means is, is that, you know, there's a smaller line. Um, and it was just, you know, it was really the, the five of us, you know, pretty much day in, day out, open and close. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, my wife would drop me off at nine, nine thirty in the morning. And I probably wouldn't see her until about 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, yeah, so, we knew more about each other than anybody else. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, and that was the thing. It was like, you know, like Lauren was speaking to, I mean, you do become a family because I'm around you guys 50, 55, 60 hours a week. Um, you know, you guys are seeing me at my worst, seeing me at my best, you know, we're supporting each other, you know, through the thick of it you know, you know, getting our butts kicked on a, on a Friday, Saturday night. And, um, you know, so even getting elbow deep in a grease trap, you know what I mean? So it, it's, just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it is kind of funny, the bonds that you build, but at the end of the day, you know, with the wife at home and, well, you know, she's working, but essentially with, you know, with being in a relationship, I had to almost um, make a decision like what was going to be more of more of importance to me? Was it going to be, you know, my, my passion for, for food and, and for the restaurant life, or was it going to be the person who I vowed myself to? So for me, like when I took a step back to go to the bank, you know, it, like, like Taylor said, it wasn't a light decision. I didn't want to sit down on the chair all day. Um, and it was short lived, you know, and, and for a while, you know, after I left the bank, I was like, you know, still trying to build my brand stir and, you know, get that rolling. But I was driving Uber part time, you know, and um, even though there was, you know, obviously tough times, you know, kind of trying to figure everything out. Uh, there was also some some silver linings in that, um, you know, being able to, you know, like with you, Ruben, I know you're working at Philly at the time and it'd be a Friday. I I'd get done dropping somebody off at five o'clock and we're like, hey, let's meet down in, you know, South, Southeast Philly and, and go to double knot or something like that. So, um, there was always that, that I always look forward to, um, that freedom to have on a weekend. Um, that was nice. Yeah. I think, um, when people kind of hear the term selling out in the restaurant food service industry, we kind of think of like Emerald selling seasonings and pans and stuff and sauce. Uh, Wolfgang Puck, you know what I mean? Sell, like having his own line of knives or whatever. Uh, but I right. think on the flip side of that, it also kind of means, um, I think people kind of, the other definition of selling out on our industry, quote, quote, 
I'm going to keep using that. Um, I think it kind of means that we just, we realize that there's more to life than just being on a restaurant line, being, being on that grind, which we're going to get to a little bit later um, in this conversation. Uh, And I think that's kind of what Lauren and I took as far as our, our path has kind of gone through this moment where, yeah, we may not be the most satisfied in our jobs, but we are having more time to do what we want. Lauren, uh, can uh, like, like, do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And that whole phrase that Taylor told you, you don't have to love what you do for work, but rather work to do what you love. I actually heard that um, very shortly before I decided to put my notice in and lead the restaurant business as well. So, I mean... Does that label me as an influencer now? A little bit, but you weren't the one that you weren't the one that told me that. So check him out, regular old time but, um, IG. I mean, thank, I, thank you for the plug. I do feel less passionate at work, um, but I will tell you, I managed to move up to Philly, and I check out the restaurant scene. I get to hang out with friends. I get to cook at home, and it's kind of reopened that door for me. And it, it it's nice. It's kind of what I've always wanted to do outside of work, you know, have a life, <laughs> right. see people I care about, build relationships. You know, I don't have a, I'm not married. I don't have any kids, but at least I know I have the opportunity to Yeah, he can attempt people. to have a significant other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're going to actually take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to, um, I guess, air our grievances with the, <laughs> with the restaurant grind and kind of just tell people what, aspects of the restaurant grind kind of led us to make the, the decisions that we did so we're just going to take a quick break what's up guys this is ruben from the chef's round table from the mini john and you already know what i'm gonna plug it's penne for your thoughts i know i know this week there hasn't been an episode yet i promise you it's working on now that things are starting to open up again and things are starting to get back to normal it's been a little tough getting some of these episodes edited but they are filmed and they are in the works so if you guys have a second, please do me a favor. Go to my channel, Penne, like the pasta, for your thoughts. That's Penne for your thoughts. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the little bell so you're notified when the next episode comes out. Thank you guys for listening, and we're going to get right back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. We are back with Taylor, Lauren, and Chad. We're kind of talking about this concept of selling out, quote, unquote, but not really. Um, and we're going to kind of get into the main meat of the conversation, really why we kind of left, which I think is all pretty much the same reasons, which is just that daily restaurant grind. Um, Chad, why don't you get us started off? Um, just kind of tell us some of the things about the restaurant industry that I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree with. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, one of the main ones is obviously going to be time away from family. Um, you know, I mentioned before, you know, obviously, you know, the time away from my wife, but then, you know, talking about my, my distant family, like my mom and, you know, my grandma, I mean, I, I missed so many functions. I remember, you know, you know, I missed my best friend's wedding that was in Jamaica. You know, I was the best man for that, you know, and I, I missed, you know, his wedding. Um, you know, so there's definitely like big events like that, that, you know, over time really just kind of compound and, and really make you think about your life, especially when you see others able to do so much. And it's like, why am I only able to do so little? I mean, even like for me and my wife, 
you know, thinking about, you know, I remember when we got married, I, we were, I was part of an opening team for a restaurant and um, it was like three months in. And, you know, we, we never even took a honeymoon. We took a, a, a three-day weekend. We drove to Baltimore. And, you know, that was our quote-unquote honeymoon. And our next trip, I don't think, was until like three or four years later uh, when we were actually able to go to Chicago. So, um, you know, things like that really kind of pile. In, and obviously the stress of, you know, the everyday, you know, grind, you know, dealing with people that aren't always – uh, pleasant to deal with, reliable. Um, reliable to deal with, you know, dishwashers calling out, you know, you have to wash dishes on a Sunday, um, you know, just different things like that, man. It really just kind of adds up to, do I really want to be here? And, you know, the answer at that time was no, I didn't. I like that. You just laughed at that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's just interesting. Yeah, so Lauren and, and Taylor, you know, you two were both in that exec, in that, in that executive chef role. I can talk, I swear. That executive chef role. <laughs> I mean, you guys were probably putting in, I would say, probably close to 75, 80 hours a week. Is, I, mean, I remember my first week as an executive chef, I think I worked 92 hours and I lost like 10 pounds. And if I could lose 10 pounds that quickly again, that'd be great. But in, not in that fashion, you know, uh, it was just 16 hour day after 16 hour day, just crawling to get to your weekend. And then to find out that so-and-so no call, no show is not coming back. And now you have to work on your days off. It was just, there's like no light at the end of the tunnel. The gratification is so slim sometimes that it's like why am I doing this to myself you know it's abusive it's like an abusive relationship it's yeah. what you know so you keep going back to it but it constantly just yeah you're a glutton for punishment <laughs> and all your friends are like just leave him just- but, exactly. that's, but that's also the scariest thing to like yeah. it's like I don't think I think the scariest part about thinking I was going to leave was not knowing what else I wanted to do because I was ready to invest everything and I I did for a period of time, but and I'm sure you guys all did as well, but it's like, what else am I going to do? This is what I've done since my first job in high school. And what's the next step? Where am I going to go? Yeah. And I, I know for me, it was like, you know, we talked about it on my get to know me podcast. I mean, it was something that I knew I wanted to do since middle school, you know, and I had these dreams of, you know, becoming a chef and owning up my, you know, owning my own restaurant and my own business. And, like you said, you know, you kind of have this feeling like, all right, well, what's next? I don't want to do anything else. You know, this is all I want to do. This is really what I put all of my heart and my soul into doing. You know, would I even be good at anything else? Um, you know, all those questions kind of come to your head, you know, when you're trying to think about, you know, leaving. I know, you know, Taylor, I know we had conversations about that as well. Like, you know, what to do next. And I, I mean, you're doing helicopters. You know, how's that going? Uh, I haven't been fired yet, so <laughs> I mean, but technically, I haven't even finished school thanks to Corona. I mean, like I s- mentioned earlier, it took me years to finally make the move. I knew it needed to be done, um, but I gave myself uh, a time limit to see if I was, you know, suddenly the inspiration was reignited and I felt that that fire in my gut again. But 
for that, those three years, I mean, I, I went through – you remember those high school tests where you, you took them and there was like 100 questions that were just seemed so random? Mm. And then it kind of – at the end it was like, oh, you'd be good as a, a secretary or right. you'd be good as a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I, I even went as far as to take one of those. And shit you not, the first fucking thing that they – sorry. <laughs> the first thing that they wanted to – wanted me to be was a chef. And I was like, this is pointless. I'm screwed. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I knew what my, my, my strengths were as, uh, you know, pretty, pretty handy person, semi-intelligent. And that's kind of where it led me to this. Um, yeah, I mean, Taylor, you and I met in college. You, you and I had the same math class. Hell yeah. Uh, we, had, <laughs> we had this Indian teacher who would call her Peyton Tyler. I'll never forget that. Um and yeah, so I remember, like, this is kind of where we met, and then our paths didn't cross again until one night at Dead Presidents, where I saw you and Chad. And uh, it's just, yeah, it was very weird for me when you said, you know, this wasn't what you wanted to do, because it was kind of shocking. And then, as you started to explain to me, it all kind of made sense, right? Like, I mean, we were not treating our bodies well <laughs> at all. <laughs> oh, no, they were playgrounds. I mean... For the devil's children. Yeah, I mean, sex, <laughs> drugs, and rock and roll thing. I mean, we were, we were living that lifestyle. Oh, well, don't lump me into that. We okay? Let's but let's Chad, leave it to be Ruben Chad <laughs> Hey, look, I'll be full blown honest. I mean, it was it was a uh, you know uh, a balance between drinking heavily the night before, waking up praying to God that the bottle of water was actually water and not vodka next to your bed. And then taking Adderall that you probably weren't prescribed to just to get through the next 14 hours to do it all over again. And then drinking something before you went to bed just to be able to sleep again. Just so you didn't fall asleep with the tremors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just as much as we like that rush from Adderall or whatever. I mean, you got that same rush from a busy dinner service. I think all four of us can test the fact that there is Nothing quite similar to that feeling after like getting your butt kicked for an hour and a half, two hours straight, and then being done and cleaning up and having that shift trick, right? I call it yeah. the dance. I mean, it's like learning the steps to a dance and just, you know, fulfilling that and walking away feeling like you just conquered something. Feel yeah. like you shoot an eagle from 50 yards away <laughs> with mind bullets. But there's also nights where you walk away and say, damn, like I just. I did not perform or something went wrong. And you think about it for a while. <laughs> yeah, so you yeah, drink I... to celebrate or you drink to, to drown your sorrows? <laughs> you drink to drink. celebrate, you drink to drown your sorrows. So, and you drink to fall asleep. It's all pretty <laughs> much. Guys, do you guys watch New Girl at all? No. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, it, I knew, how come I'm the only I, girl in here and I don't watch How, how did I know that this was going to come about? <laughs> Chad got me into this, actually. <laughs> so, so Nick Miller has a quote in that show that I will never forget that always makes me laugh. He says, uh, rubbing alcohol is for outside wounds. <laughs> drinking alcohol is for inside wounds. <laughs> I have heard that. That is the and, best. Yeah, Nick Miller is great. No, no industry is that sure than the restaurant industry. I mean, just the physical and mental wear and tear that you go through. I mean, at one point, Taylor, when he was our chef, dude, he literally forced me and Chad to uh, change our eating habits. You remember that, Taylor? I do. I remember, as I mentioned earlier this week, 
looking at myself in the mirror and being frightened by what I saw because the, 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 the color of my skin and my eyes were all sunken in and trying to remember what my I ate that day. And it was a box of white cheeses and <laughs> some vanilla Coke. I was like, man. Shout out to vanilla this, Coke. Yeah, seriously. Delicious. <laughs> but I knew I didn't want that for any of you. If I was doing it, and I was feeling that way. I knew that, that the two of you, at the very least, were, you know, on the same path, and you know, I refused to, to accept that. And I think that, you know, for a while there, we did a, all did a very good job of taking turns, you know, making breakfast and making lunch, and then, um, you know, at least, you know, trying to to scrape together something at the end of a dinner service so that we could eat and clean and get out of it. Or even I'll never forget. Uh... Taylor, you and I, our meal after Chad left, our meal was always <laughs> we always did rice with the Sassone seasoning. Oh my god, that well, stuff was so good with would, the fish. And then you would, yeah, you would sear a piece of fish and we would <laughs> duck behind the line and crush it with some vegetables. Crush it within like 30 seconds, just right before dinner service. And then 30 minutes before dinner, we would also have a double shot of espresso. Oh, the double shot was the key to success. Oh, it was nice. Key. Yeah, so this like we, I felt like our bodies have been put through so much that when it does go through like a healthy lifestyle, even like two days. <laughs> oh, it might. You it get felt like so my body bored was re- too. I, I thought. What is- I mean, I felt bad for everybody. I felt like my body was rejecting me. Yeah. Well, I, I know for me, man. I don't. I, I know Taylor remembers this. There was that one Friday night where my foot. I, I remember like just standing on my foot all day, and I was like, man, my foot is bothering me, but it's okay. Like, obviously it's a Friday night. I'll get through it. And then like, as the night continued to wear on and we're cleaning up, I'm like, man, my foot really hurts. And you know, the next morning I literally try to stand on my foot and I couldn't like, it was, there was so much pain. It was so swollen. And I, I remember, you know, when I went to the doctor and well, first off, I had to call out that Saturday, Taylor obviously had a few choice words for me. Um, I so- thought he was lying the whole time. I know. And it's like, dog, why would I lie? But anyway, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, hey, I, guys, I can't come in. I literally can't stand on my foot. When I went to the doctor, they're like, yeah, you have a bone spur, um, you know, in your foot. And, you know, you got to stay off your feet and you got to be careful. I'm literally thinking to myself, yeah, that's that's not possible. You know, my job is to be on my feet. Um, you know, and that's kind of when I also realized for myself, I was like, I have to you know, do precautionary maintenance, you know, like that's when I really got into like my stretching and like resetting myself every morning and night. And that's kind of even helped me, you know, through the last few years, like with my foot and, and being able, you know, cause now that I'm, you know, also back on my feet again, you know, I really don't have that problem anymore because I, I had to take a step back and really kind of reconfigure some things in my life and make time for actually taking care of my body. Um, but that's not always easy when you're in the moment. And let's be honest, like the, the pay is not why we all did it. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, no, absolutely not. Uh, I think I did. I made the mistake once um, when I became an executive chef of, you know, I think it was probably after Ruben when I had to work that those 24 days in a row. Yep. When you remember when Chad left us high and dry. Classic. <laughs> Classic canned abandonment issue. Uh, I did the math of how many hours I worked 
Oh, yeah, I remember this. Based off of, you know, what I was taking home. And I had to do it five times in a row just to make sure that my basic, you know, multiplication and division was was there because it was, like, just above minimum wage. Like it, it, it wasn't even remotely close to what I thought that I was supposed to be getting. And it was worrisome because at that point in the restaurants, you know, the size of the restaurant that I was at, I wasn't going to be getting a whole hell of a lot more, even if I was there for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, and it's not only that, like you're putting in time on your days off, even your days off, you're thinking about a new menu dish. You're doing some R and D at home. You know, Lauren is probably thinking about what specials that she can run or what, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Or or who's working that day and it's like, man, like I, I know for me when I you know, Taylor would be off and it's you know, because I'd be off I think I was off like Tuesday, Wednesday. And it would be like, man, like Monday night, I'm like, Man, I hope I did everything right. And then Tuesday, you know, I'm home and then I get a text from Taylor like, Dog, you forgot to ice the fish or you know, something <laughs> like that. So there there was always I never I never sent that text message to him I, once. I, I, <laughs> it was an ex, it was an example. Shut up, man. And I can only imagine. I mean, and think about who's going to be cooking it. You're like, oh, that person works that night. There's no way I can trust that person with. Especially, Lauren, for you in such a larger, you know, a larger restaurant, like at least at Eclipse, like I was able to hire two people that I I mean, I knew I could trust. Like I made Ruben make all the soups after he made this pumpkin and piquillo soup. That was his job. And I knew that Chad could handle it. But for you, I can only imagine what the stress is like on your day off waiting for, you know, general managers and lead line coaches or sous chefs or anybody to call you. Right. That's exactly. Oh, for I sure. I would get called all the time. And yeah. I, like I said, I don't think I was ever fully staffed, at least with people that I could trust. I was constantly plucking dishwashers if I even had any to put them on the line and then assure them that they'd be fine. Meanwhile, they're sinking and I'm never somewhere else trying to help someone else out. It, I remember on Sundays, which I was supposed to have Sundays off, I would have like one position open because I didn't have enough staff. And then someone else would call out and it would be no expo. I'm working two stations. Meanwhile, trying to make sure that service is going well. We start with no reservations, end up getting absolutely smacked, didn't have an order coming in, running out of everything, and then walking away that night feeling like I wanted to just like crawl up in a ball and absolutely just never wake up cry and that's, you can say and that's cry. The stuff that you deal with as a chef it's like so much more than just cooking it is absolutely like tears apart your soul and it's it sounds really petty because at the end of the day we're putting food on someone's table it's you know it's a great thing but it's also not that serious for me to yeah. literally be depressed or not sleeping or Drinking well, you're putting a piece of your soul drink. out it's, there. You don't take care of yourself, and it just absolutely tears you apart. And it sounds like I said, it sounds very petty, but we all no. we all do it. I actually think I may have mentioned once that I wish I was a sous chef because the responsibility level is so low <laughs> compared to like I was hyped at you know being 26 going into an AC position until I really realized how many calls from owners and director of operations and general managers I was going to be getting emails. 
and emails. And if, and then, and then I realized what kind of trouble I was going to get in because I didn't respond to an email thread. Not yeah. even one directed towards me, just <laughs> one that was just generally put out there. Right. And you know, I'm, if you don't text me, I was never going to even respond to you, but mm-hmm. man, I mean, you're just, you got to be on every, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a stress that I was so looking forward to having. And then once I had it in my hands, I just felt so lost. And you know what? We all knew we, this is what the job entailed. We all know right. it. My dad begged me and yelled at me, don't get into this industry. You're not going to be friends. You're never going to get married. You're going to work every night that everyone else is having fun. And I knew it. And I said, you know what? I'm doing it anyways. Like, and I would do it all again. And I'm sure all of us would. Right. I mean, but you what, have to try it. So, you know, going kind of back at the, to the restaurant grind, I, I remember. So, like, when it kind of hit me was this past Christmas. And um, where I work now, I get a week off paid from the university. And you keep rubbing that in. I do. I'm I know. Do. And then, but then I was able to take like another little mini trip to Chicago. I remember going to Girl and the Goat and like going to all these cool places, going to the, uh, to the Al Capone bar. And like, it was just these cool experiences that I know if I worked in a restaurant, that would have to be like a once a, like every two and a half year thing I, I could do. But that's yeah. what social media shows you a chef does. They show you that you're make they're making really cool dishes. They're traveling. They're exploring. But that's why social media is so jacked. Like, you want to think it's this glamorous thing. But meanwhile, you're just eating over a trash can working 90 hours a week. Yeah. Not that nice. and, and I think that's the biggest problem with, you know, our industry. I know I've, you know, me, you, Taylor, um, we've all kind of had those conversations in regards to, you know, like you said, the, the misconception between, you know, Instagram and celebrity chef and actual restaurant chef. And like, you know, when you're a 19 year old kid going into culinary school, you have this perception that you're going to be Alex Cornicelli or, you know, Alton Brown. And in actuality, like, you know, you're Anthony Bourdain, you know, drinking after, you know, a busy night and literally just trying to hold, hold yourself together. And it's kind of, and it's really kind of tough. Um, you know, and I think that's why our industry kind of has suffered and, you know, we really don't have a lot of young talent out there. I mean, even now, I mean, there's, there's nobody, I mean, there's people being put into positions that aren't ready to be put into these positions because the spots need to be filled. Um, everyone wants to open a restaurant these days too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's well, true. But, Ed, uh, you know, I think you kind of had the Michael Cor- Corleone kind of syndrome, you know, just when you thought you were out, you got pulled back in, uh, you know, so talk to us about that. Talk to us about what kind of led you to kind of come back into the restaurant industry. Well, well, kind of starting, well, I guess the last thing you heard, I guess, was um, me Uber driving part-time and, you know, I was building Stir and, you know, we had a good three-year run with Stir and uh, really met some great people and, and did some great food. Um, but kind of coming into the tail end of 2019, going into 2020, and then with coronavirus, it was, you know, things were just so uncertain, you know, and kind of, you know, what moves to make, you know, yet again, it kind of goes into what Lauren was saying. I mean, you kind of go back to what you know, because, you know, you know, I thought, you know, I remember even having conversations with my wife, like, 
well, what if I don't cook? What, what can, like, what job can I go into and make the money that I need, we need to make and be able to have insurance and be able to pay for this and pay for that? Like, I'm going to be starting literally at the bottom of the totem pole. I'm turning 30. Like, I don't know if that's an option, you know, and, you know, that, that fear in a way kind of just makes you accept, you know, what was put in front of you um, and what offers, you know, kind of were thrown your way. So, I mean, I, you know, I was offered, you know, a sous chef position, which, you know, I was happy to take, um, you know, and, but it's kind of interesting, you know, when I accepted the position, um, I have a different outlook, you know, I, I mean, my first sous chef position, I think, I was at Buckley's and I had to be 23, 24 years old. Um, and I was young and um, I really wasn't up to the task of knowing how to manage people and, and to manage my time and to manage my energy. Um, but kind of moving in, you know, as you mature and, and kind of coming out of stir, I was able to really kind of understand how to manage all those things and make everything gel. So I think now I'm a little bit more at peace with my decisions. I've learned, I mean, me and Deanna have come full circle, you know, when I, I was working with, you know, you, Ruben and Taylor, you know, me and Deanna were really at a bad spot in our relationship. I was at a bad spot mentally. I was depressed. You know, I was having, you know, a lot of issues, um, but kind of leaving kind of helped me reset, allowed me to become more confident within myself and not only within my ability, but just kind of be centered. Um, and, and, and just to, to not doubt myself any longer and kind of get out of that depression. So even though I'm back in the industry, um, I'm at peace with it for now. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, no, I, I mean, I, I pray that that, that peace continues. Um, obviously, there's some angst, you know, just going on in the world and, and, and the economy as a whole right now. Uh, but I mean, I, I really am at peace. You know, my wife is, is fully supportive of me being back in it. And that was a big thing, because if she said no, then it would be, you know, I would be doing something else. But when she, you know, we sat down and we talked about it and she's like, you know what, I, I, you're a different person than you were six years ago. You know, I believe that you'll be able to, to do this and still be able to handle all your other responsibilities. Um, so, you know, once she had my back, you know, that put me a little bit more at ease to know that. I'm not going to allow my ego to drive me away from my family, me to drive away from even who I am as a person right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at it in, in my life and in my space um, and kind of why I went back. So, Lauren, Taylor, uh, let's talk about the flip side of Chad's uh, marriage and, you know, lucky him. Let's talk about the flip side. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the flip side of that, right? Like, you know, the three of us – I feel like have all dealt with the uh, with the with the dating scene within the um, the industry. I mean, I know probably ninety percent of the women I've dated have been in the industry. Lauren, I don't know what it is for you, and Taylor, I know like you kind of had the luxury of kind of dating outside, which probably gave you a different insight. So, Taylor, why don't we start with you? Just kind of tell us like how this kind of affected your relationships. Oh, 1000% negatively. I mean, <laughs> you know, don't get me wrong. It's to, you know, every woman out there to have a, a, a guy that can cook. I mean, that's just like spectacular. Everybody's want you to cook. I want you to cook, you know, it's like, yeah, I'll do that. But when, 
make it like a time when I have like a week off and then I'll do it on the last day of my week. You know, I'm not going home at, at 1030 at night I'm, and cooking, you know, over the stove for four, you know, four hours. I'm sure as hell not going to do that uh, on my day off. It was, uh, you know, sleep, eat and sleep some more. Oh, I forgot. And then drink. <laughs> um, you know, I dated uh, a teacher and you know, for a while she was very supportive of it. And she would come by the restaurant as she was leaving, you know, work in Wilmington. And we would get to spend a little bit of time together. But um, ultimately, you know, you're married to the restaurant and your family is your mistress. Yeah. You know, the you don't get the time off. I remember asking for, for simple days off and it was like pulling teeth. And the people that I would ask would grimace and act like it was the biggest inconvenience ever to the point where it just, you, you stopped asking. You just, anybody said anything. So it's a Saturday. No, it's six months away. There's, there's no way I'm going to be able to take it off. There's nothing, no way you can, spare that time and you know i i came to the reality that you know i was put on this earth to be able to provide for the people that i care about and i don't really need to do something i love as a job i'll do anything as long as i can be there for the people that i care about you know special occasions if they if they call me and they say they need me or i'm the only person that can help them I can stop what I'm doing and go help them. You know, you can't do that on a busy Friday or a Saturday night. You can't even, you're not even looking at your phone until six hours later. So. Lauren, Lauren, kind of give us the, uh, the uh, woman's perspective on that too. You know, being a, being a woman's chef and like, how did that affect your, your dating life? Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm surrounded by guys most of the time. I curse like a sailor. I drink more than I should. (laughs) I wasn't necessarily taking care of myself physically, emotionally, and mentally like I should have. So you can understand how being vulnerable as a guy want a woman to be in a new relationship. Um, and I guess available, it wasn't quite that striking. Um, and definitely meeting people outside of dating apps was basically impossible, especially when Delaware is as small as it is. Um and everyone wants a woman that can cook, but that wasn't necessarily happening for anyone that I was meeting. <laughs> so it was definitely hard. And, um, you know, I heard about people that were in the industry who had significant others and children. And I looked at their perspective, like it must be really hard for them to uphold that like family lifestyle. But I also was like, well, jealous because at least they had that you know chad and it's nice hearing your perspective i'm not happy that you went through that but on the other end i'm like well how can i even get that opportunity to find someone that i can be with and marry you know and it was um definitely something i had to consider when i decided to leave the industry yeah i know like for me um kind of that was kind of one of the reasons why i did take the path I did kind of quote unquote sold out why I kind of went to a corporate situation. Um, I was kind of like, all right, you know what? Like I know ultimately in life, I really want to have a family. I really want to have a wife and kids. 
Like that's kind of what I want. Um, so clearly looking at the situation, it will, I don't think a restaurant situation is conducive to having a marriage. I mean, I don't know what the divorce rate is within a, if, if <laughs> both parties are in a, in the food service, but I, it's probably like 90%. Like there's, it's just, you're, you have so many, um, there's so many different things that come in your way, so many obstacles and temptations. So for me, it was like, all right, let me take myself out of that situation and try to get a more stable work, work to life balance. Um, and I think that that's kind of, I think for all of us, I would, I would probably say it's kind of why we did that. It's kind of, we, we, we wanted to have that work life balance to where it was, where we were uh, not working to live, but like living to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, and I know for me, especially, you know, throughout my time, you know, with stir and, and doing these smaller events, um, that's kind of what really kind of honed in, you know, why I fell in love with cooking in the first place. It was because of family and community. And I think, and I know we've had many discussions about that, you know, within the restaurant setting that kind of gets lost because when you're behind the line, you're in your own world and you can't really be part of those conversations that that table is having about the food. And most times they don't even say thank you or that the food was great. You don't hear those things. Um, but, you know, within those, you know, those small events that I was able to do, even the event that me and Taylor did recently, um, you know, hearing, you know, just the kind words, the nice words, the smile on their face, you know, the, the appreciation. I mean, that to me is what makes food so special. That That's kind of what makes, you know, that, you know, sitting down with a group of people um, so special. And, and I hope and I wish that there were more um, locations that kind of fit that aesthetic that are a little bit more smaller, that are a little bit more intimate. And I know that's kind of what, you know, I even hope, you know, that I'd be able to kind of go back to again in the future. Um, because to me, that that's really kind of what makes all of us happy. And I think that's really what speaks to all four of us um, is that hospitality and being able to take care of somebody and still also be available, you know, to do those other important things, you know, with, you know, with life in life. Yeah. So as we, as we kind of like wrap it up here, um, I do want to ask you guys all one last question. Um, and I'll start with you, Lauren. Um, what has been the most positive thing for you coming out of um, the restaurant world into kind of a more corporate setting? Uh, for sure. Free time. I mean, I actually find myself bored sometimes. I'm so used to just running and doing so many things. And it's like, I actually have time to do things, you know, like I had off a week at least during the holidays because I had time to use and I was getting paid for it. And that's really phenomenal. I mean, I got to travel a lot. I don't see much better than that. Right. Know? Taylor, uh, not, you know, not going into like a corporate setting, but like, what have you kind of realized, you know, positive realizations from kind of leaving the restaurant world there? Uh, it, an eight hour day feels like half a day. Um, <laughs> my mental and physical health is, you know, better than it's ever been, I think, in, in the past 12 years. And when somebody invites me someplace on an to a, a family event or 
to golf or, you know, there's an anniversary party or a baby shower, I can go. And that's, uh, it's nice to be able to do. Yeah. I know for me, um, my best realization, um, and I, and I remember telling Chad and, and Lauren this, like right after I kind of made the, the switch is that I found myself starting to fall back in love with like food again. I found myself like wanting to like eat, like get more knowledge about different types of food. And like, you know, me and Chad were able to go to a couple of great restaurants. Lauren and I went to like Soraya and a couple of different places together. We were able to kind of just have these food experiences um, that for me, I think was more important to me to have these foodie like experiences than actually slinging the food out, you know? all haphazard yeah um again i want to thank you guys for having this conversation i think this was awesome i think this is something that i've been wanting to talk about for a while um and you three really did a great job as far as giving your insight and you know as to why and the kind of the thought process that goes into this whole situation um that it's not just as easy as saying oh i'm just leaving i'm just going away from the restaurant industry it's not that easy there's so many more nuances to making this decision. And I think it's, it's really awesome that I think you guys were so comfortable to talk about it. So thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. I right, guess. Yeah. Good night. See ya. Right, good night.